Great literature stands the test of time. But it's not just because of its literary qualities. Of course, things like a well-thought-out plot and mastery of the language have a role in the longevity of a work of literature. But it also speaks to the audience it was written for. Not only that, but it continues to speak beyond its own time. The Lord of the Rings does just that. For some reason, the epic story of good versus evil continues to speak to modern audiences. No doubt it has a great plot, and Tolkien certainly had a mastery of the language. But readers, both original and modern, have been shaped by this work of fiction. In this episode, we ask, does the Lord of the Rings have any wisdom for us today? How do we rightly allow narratives to affect us? All that and more on this edition of the podcast. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. We made it. We started here. from the bottom. Now we're in episode 15. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> been talking about Lord of the Rings. Our fa- one of our favorite topics. Honestly. honestly. Just one of the best stories, in my personal yeah. opinion. There, you know, there are certain things where, like, you grew to like them as a kid, but then you outgrew them. Yes, sure. I have not outgrown Lord of the Rings. No, no, no. Give and me maybe more. that says... That says something about my immaturity level, but... No, no, no. I don't think that's what it's... I don't think either. I mean, maybe if it was like... uh, If it was Blue's Clues. I was a big fan of Blue's Clues when I was a child. I never watched Blue's Clues. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that was on Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have cable growing up. I had cable. Privilege. (laughs) Privilege. I had, you know, the classic PBS Kids Let's go. Thank right. you, public broadcasting system. Yeah, I appreciate you. Is that is that what the yeah, that's is? what it is. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think so. I, I grew up so. with Mr. Rogers. Um, See, I never watched him, and that's Arthur. That's something I miss, missed out. I did watch some Arthur from time to time. Barney. Yeah, was, yeah, I did. I did watch. When I was Barney. a wee lad. <laughs> My brother was on Bozo the Clown, which is apparently a show I didn't Wait, watch. Wait, what? It. There's a show called Bozo. Like the Clown. on the show? Yeah, yeah you see Yeah, and there's that. like an audience. Yeah, there's like a picture of him. And he's on, I think he participates Wait, in like on. a game or something. There's no way, like, there are only two years between us in terms of age difference. Right? I did not watch Bozo the Clown. Really? I mean, I knew it Maybe existed. Maybe I was watching reruns. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Either way, Trevor was on it, and I think he competed in some sort of game or something. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's a claim to fame. <laughs> it is, honestly. I think there's a picture of him somewhere. Anywho, all right, shall we get it? Shout out to Trevor. Shout out to Trevor. <laughs> Faithful listener, I think, so hey. Hey. <laughs> Sick. All, all right, right, let's jump in. A question from the pew. 
Alright, first question. Does the Lord of the Rings have any wisdom for us today? Mm. What a profound question. Mm. Great question. Who, who came up with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can I can kind of yeah, start us it. off here. Um I like I don't know, maybe it's just me. I I divide things up. So like I have things in terms of I guess more of a a negative side of things and then a positive side of things. Okay. Um, so on the negative side, this idea of and we talked about this in the previous episode, but this idea of corruptibility. Yeah. Um, right, and the acknowledgement that human beings are uh, still very much corruptible beings. Mm. Um, I guess I don't need to belabor that point since we did. Yes. Yeah. Go listen to last week's podcast. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. Beyond, I don't know if you wanted to add to that. But. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. I. I had that <laughs> to, too. Of just, to that point. Okay. Yeah. Go listen to last episode because I think that's some wisdom. Um, yeah. But yeah. There's uh, others too. But yeah. Keep going. Yeah. The second thing for me was that this idea that evil doesn't just go away. At some point, it hmm. needs to be confronted and dealt sure. with. Hmm. Right. I think specifically. Like, obviously, between Isildur's, you know, losing the ring and, you know, Gollum and later Bilbo finding the ring, a lot of time has passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then even when Bilbo leaves the ring to Frodo and Gandalf does some investigation, tries to figure out what this thing is, you don't see this in the movie because... You don't movie. have all that time in the movie, but right. in the books, there are years yeah, that like have gone by. Twenty Is years or something. Twenty years, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, have gone by between when Bilbo leaves the ring to Frodo and Gandalf comes back with the confirmation that it actually is the yeah. One Ring right. um, that right. it, that was lost. Um, so all that time, the you know the this it idea sat and of wait. yeah, it, yeah, it was waiting for the perfect moment. Yeah. Uh, and and I think it's a perfect image of this idea that evil doesn't go away. It yeah, yeah. festers. Um, yeah. In a lot, I mean. Yeah, you see it with like the White Council too. In the, mm-hmm. it's in the Hobbit movies, but I think it's in the appendices or something uh, of the Lord of the Rings of like them. Essentially, like especially in the Hobbit, you see like competing perspectives of like, oh, like that'll never come back, like from Saruman, right. of course, traitor. <laughs> but, yeah. but like you know, he's like more of a you know it's done and dealt with yeah i mean who that'll preach with just kind of everything in society i mean like i mean we talk a lot about like cultural ethnic racial issues and it's like you know you stop slavery and then it's just like you know here's the jim crow just to like replace it and then you know here's redlining and incarceration to replace that it's just it doesn't just keeps popping up (laughs) you think you defeat it and it's like no it's it's just lying in wait. Yeah. And that's not to say that everything, you know, has to go back to race, but a large sure. part of it does. Sure. Right? There's it's it's unavoidable. It's a good the example. reason we have the, the reason we have the race riots that, that we had in, you know, the eighties and the nineties was because this stuff was not dealt with properly, I don't think. Histori- I mean, look at the historical record. It was not dealt with properly. Right, right. Um, in a way that actually healed the country, you know, this this idea of this era of reconstruction after the civil war it didn't con- reconstruct anything it yeah. really it really just left what was torn in two and just like hey let's see if it heals on its own yeah it'll just it'll figure itself out 
And that's like, I don't think that's how And it didn't, works. and that's why we had <laughs> Ferguson. Right, right. I mean, you know, yeah. Obviously extrapolated down, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. through multiple yeah, different layers. Of, there's but, a string of events leading. But yeah, but certainly I, that was tied to it. it was right. a, there's, a, there's a line right. that you can follow. Um, so yeah, it needs to be confronted, confronted, and yeah. I think that's I think for me at least that's one of the the main points of wisdom that, that was the narrative, um, yeah, communicates. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I, that's one I didn't have. I think that's really good. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, one that I had was just like, and I mean, you see this in, in the whole story, but just like friendship slash companionship slash community is like vitally important in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, the, the funny thing is sometimes I think, uh, I mean, there's kind of, I guess two ways to look at it. One is like, you know, I can just do it on my own. It's the John Wayne, you know, John mm-hmm. Wayne perspective, you know, yeah. Lone Ranger. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Yeah, exactly. Sort of it's like you can figure it out. So that's like one perspective. Uh, and then there's kind of another perspective that's like, community kind of like is the thing you know what i mean like that is the goal is like community mm-hmm. which i don't think is off too much but i would say i don't think it like is the thing it kind of is so i would say if, if we're defining what the thing is i'm my perspective on what the thing is is like building god's kingdom you know what i'm saying which i think includes community but i think mm-hmm. in order to build god's kingdom you can't have a kingdom well, with right. just one person <laughs> right yeah well, right <laughs> but like i think in order to like do that mission and like work towards it, uh, I think it's like it's just vitally important. You know, it's like essential. Yeah. You can't do it otherwise. Which that's what I think. You know, I used to say in my preaching days, in my preaching days, <laughs> we are not we were saved into a personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, but we are also saved into a community. Yes, community of faith, as they would say. Yeah, and that's where. I mean, throughout the entire story of the Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, repeatedly, it's like, this is Frodo's task. Like, this is your, mm-hmm. you know, and in the movies. And it, hap- it I believe, I don't know if Gladriel says it, but I know it's said to Frodo at some point in the books. It's like, if you don't find a way of doing this, like, it's over. Like, that's... Yeah, no one will. <laughs> yeah, literally. Gladriel says that Yeah, Frodo, yeah. So that's where, like, there is, like... I think there is a sense of, like, individual responsibility and, like, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously, we all have to do something. But Frodo would never have accomplished it, one, without the fellowship in the beginning, and then, mm-hmm. you know, more closely with Sam uh, once, right. the, you know, the fellowship breaks up. Um, Sam and, I mean, just just everyone. When, uh, uh, when Aragorn and the crew after the Battle of Pelennor Fields decides to take their ragtab group of people mm-hmm. who survived and, you know, approached the Black Gates, basically sacrificing yeah. themselves uh, in order right. to clear the, the way to Mount Doom for... for I mean, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. throughout the whole and thing... And that was something Frodo and Sam didn't even know about. Yeah, didn't even know was happening. Right, but they that was pivotal to their ability to complete yes. the task. Truly. So that's where, I mean, it's a... I mean, it's an easy theme to see when... One of the titles of the trilogy yeah. it has the word fellowship in yeah. it. You know? That was at the top of my positive list. Here, <laughs> yeah. In yeah, terms yeah, of my, yeah. my breakdown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's it's easy to see. But I don't know. It, it still makes me get, like, teary-eyed when I watch the movies. Mm-hmm. And even when I read the books, it's like, I don't know. It just makes you think about, yeah, your own life and just 
you're not doing this alone and there are like people with you and it's sad when you have right. to leave those people you know what i mean and yeah. and it's like a sad yeah. time that happens in life yeah. uh yeah. but yeah just the, yeah we're not we're not alone in what we're you know the quest we're trying to accomplish I can jump in with just the last thing that I had on my, you know, the quote unquote negative side of oh, yeah. you know, wisdom yes. today yeah, is that course. evil is indiscriminate. Um, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't corrupt one person or one group mm. more than another. Sure. Sure. Right. Um, I think the, um, yeah, the, the rings of power were given to, all different races in in the Lord of the Rings, and yeah. all of them were corrupted. Yeah, um, and even the most um, tenacious of the creatures, you know, the hobbits. Yeah, like we're, we've said before, he eventually succumbed to it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's both, and like we can't think too highly of ourselves mm. in terms of like this is not going to affect me. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, we shouldn't think lowly of others mm. uh, because of that. Because we are in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of in terms of we're in the same corruptibility boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Agreed. No, yeah. I mean, I think that's real. Um, yeah, I mean, and especially I feel like sometimes, like when you watch the movies, it's like you know you never see any elves do anything like wrong per se, mm-hmm. or like you know evil. Maybe a little in The Hobbit, I guess that king is a little selfish. What's his name? I forget his name. Anyway, it's fine. Um, uh, Thranduil. Yeah, there you go. Even, but bro, you have the pronunciation down. Oh, <laughs> thanks, can't... man. Yeah. Uh, but, like, especially in the lore beyond the books, which, once again, I'm not an expert on. But there's a lot of infighting with elves. And, uh, obviously, orcs are, like, a corrupted version of elves. Um, and even, like, Galadriel... Mm. which uh, I guess the new Amazon series is following her character a bit, uh, which I don't know all the ins and outs of, but I do know that she was literally banned from the, like from the Undying Lands, from Valinor, which is like mm. where all the elves are supposed to go, you know, over the sea. And she was, I don't, I don't even know the reason, but I know she was banned. So clearly she did some wrong stuff. And that's why in the movies when she resists taking the ring from Frodo, she says like, oh, I've passed the test and so i'm like actually mm-hmm. able to go to valinor which uh so anyway so yeah i mean everybody's doing shady stuff in middle earth <laughs> yeah that's yeah. for sure yeah all right uh yeah i mean i can go with another one of mine another and then we can get there? to your positive positive list <laughs> all right. uh, which i guess this is positive too so maybe it'll be on there i don't know uh but i guess i mean the only thing i really put for this is just a quote from samwise in the movie which I know this is said in the book, but once again, I'm not sure who says it. It's a lot of, there, clearly there's a lot of mixing of uh, quotations yeah. between the books and the movies. Uh, but it's just, you know, there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. Mm. Um, and that's where, I guess the funny thing if we're looking from a Christian perspective is fighting doesn't 
usually or maybe ever mean like f- you know physical fighting and violence but you know the struggle like there is and i guess it's it's what we talked about a little bit last uh last podcast uh of like the perspective of humans are just all evil and like you know there's no right. re- redemption and we're remove the structures of society and we'll, we're all horrible uh and i think yeah the lord of the rings says no i mean sure at the very end we can all be corrupted and that's something that can happen to all of us but also there's like good that's worth struggling for you know what i mean mm-hmm. and kind of my last point you need other people to struggle uh mm-hmm. and like you know the way jesus struggled towards it was literally the opposite of fighting um so fighting is more of a metaphor struggling mm-hmm. or or striving yeah. um but yeah so I, I don't know i think I think it's a truth that people who've been through horrific events, well, there's people who've been through horrific events and some of them react uh, and say, you know, they do have that perspective of there's no, you know, there's no good. But then there's those who like retain hope. And I think that's like some of the most powerful stories is the people who Mm -hmm. go through that uh, and they like can still say there is good uh, and it's worth, you know, uh, fostering and stewarding and growing and, you know, fighting for. Um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Um, I can throw one of my positive, I guess the only other positive one that I have, because we, we already talked about the importance of, of friendship and fellowship. Again, yes. that was at the top of my list. Um, yeah, the, the other thing is this idea of progress. Progress is good, but the pursuit of progress comes with responsibility. Mm. Um, sure. Right? So this this idea that you've when you've reached the pinnacle of progress it there's a turn that happens where it becomes regressive mm. um sure and i think for tolkien he was communicating that subtly through his narratives because he saw the pinnacle of progress um mm. in modern society and he saw also how easily mankind turned it on itself mm-hmm. right i mean if you think of even <clears throat> even if you think of the all the i don't know all the progress in society in terms of let's take transportation as an example sure right like transportation like the great um silk road uh, i think was like yeah. was it between rome and, and the east yeah like china yeah it was great because it opened up trade and those relations or whatever, mm-hmm. but it also opened up a lot of um, windows for conquest right. as well. Yeah, I'm not as well versed. Troops. Right. And even like, I'm not as well versed in that, but I, th- I believe like our modern interstate system that mm-hmm. Eisenhower started, um, sure. I think it was initially built or started in order to transport um, military equipment and troops mm. from different parts of the country sure. more easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think secondarily it became just a, a mode of transportation, right. you know, for everyday travel. Right, right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I haven't heard that, but it, it would make sense. Um, even, if it, even if it wasn't the, the case, right? Yeah, uh, you could still use it to wrong. transport horrible things you know what i'm right. saying or, I, I see it all the time yeah right of 
just tanks being transported yeah. on the highway sure, and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but I think you can point at different examples throughout history of those similar uh, situations um, as well. Mm-hmm. Where Let's look at even um, the alliance between religious organizations, you know, at that point in history, it was the Catholic Church and military conquest. Yeah. Those two, a lot of times, went hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there was progress in that, you know, the the gospel was being spread, um, obviously with its own, you know, the ecclesial <laughs> yeah. corrupt corruption happening there. Um, but that came at the cost of, you know, world domination. Um in, yeah. you know, broadly speaking. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's that idea of responsibility with the pursuit of progress. And even, you know, from where we're standing at right now, there's this idea of environmental stewardship. Mm. Right? So we're we're understanding the detrimental effects yes. our human hand progress has played has in yeah, yeah. Our human progress has made on the environment that we're living in. Right. Um and it's not only infected in fact you know, affected the environment it's also affected how we live in the environment. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the diseases that we've created, yes. um, um, the conditions that we've created because of the way we've transformed the landscape. Yeah. All of that is tied into how we have poorly stewarded creation, sure. how we've poorly stewarded the environment that we're in. Yes. So at the end of the day, it's like, at whose expense do we make this progress? Mm. Is it at the expense of our world? Is it at the expense of you know, other people? Is it our own expense? Well, that's, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think who said it. It was King T'Chaka in Marvel. But I think he said, justice at the expense of the innocent is not justice at all. So that's mm. where I, I feel like a lot of times the people who suffer, like, the environmental issues of, like, our progress, you know what I mean, are people who are living in areas where they can't, you know, it's getting overheated or... Right. Uh, what is it called when the desert expands? It's called something that I, I don't remember. Mm. Anyway, but the expanding of deserts, um, and a lot of times it's the most vulnerable people who pay the price because they don't have the ability to leave or like you know mm-hmm. find a different, you know, mode. But yeah, I mean that's, that's it. So if we if we progress but we don't consider who's going to be harmed, or uh, you know who's going to be harmed or who's going to suffer due to our progress. I mean, I'm going to steal King T'Chaka's line, and I'm going to say progress at the expense of the innocent isn't Mm. progress at all. Yeah. A question from the pew. All right. Second question. How do we rightly allow narratives to affect us? Mm. We're getting, That's good. you know, at the broad level here. Yeah. I mean, I think the first step is asking this question and thinking about how it does affect us. <laughs> so Yeah, literally that's what r- I have on my list. On the right track. Be aware that they do affect <laughs> yeah, us. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good start, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. Well, hopefully I mean, the conversation that we've had, you know, in the preceding episodes have kind of shown that. That yes. these narratives aren't neutral. Yeah. yeah. But the... But they're they're doing something to us at mm. the level of the mind, at the level level of the of the heart and emotions. Yes, shaping us. Yeah, I mean that's a yeah. I think that's great. 
um, I guess one one thing that I said that I see a lot that I think is like an unhelpful stance is, I guess, being like, quote unquote, on guard against a lot of media. So this is like, a, I guess, a more conservative Christian perspective where it's like, you know, only things that check certain biblical views or doctrines are allowed to be consumed or, you know, I don't know, what, whatever. It is. is there a Christ character in the novel? <laughs> yeah. I saw a soul and the afterlife was a big stairway leading to a light. I don't see that in the Bible. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's unhelpful. I mean, mostly because it just limits the stories that we can participate in. Uh, and then doing that, I, I think it limits us in, like, being challenged by stories. Uh yeah. I don't know if you want to go anywhere with that, but that's just one unhelpful thing. No. Yeah, I think that's good. And we touched on that in previous episodes as well. Because um, we can learn, you know, from the quote unquote bad narrative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Um, and I think maybe this is, plays into the only other thing that I had about this question is um, Understand where the author is coming from and what he or she is trying to do with that narrative. Sure. Um, I think here's a little. I used to hate reading the forewords of books. Mm. Sure. But now I I don't read a book without reading the foreword. Mm. And sometimes to judge whether or not I should read a book, I just read the foreword. Yeah. Because there the author is trying to tell is explaining why he or she is writing. A lot of times. Sure. I guess you don't see that as commonly in. Um, in like novels and yeah, stuff like novels, that. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, um, yeah. or at least there's some, especially if it's a classic novel, there's a, there's usually like a, an excerpt. Context or something. Yeah, there's some context yeah. where like the editor or the publisher was saying, this is what, you know, Dostoevsky was writing about. This is right. where he was coming from. This is why he painted these images in The Brothers Karamazov. Sure. Um, that sort of thing. I think it's really helpful to contextualize what you're seeing. It gives you your bearings, I think, as you're reading the narrative or taking in the narrative. Uh, okay, this is why this is happening in this narrative. Hmm. And once you figure out, once you see that and have that bearing, right, then you can see, okay, do I agree with this? Do I not agree with this? How does sure. this fit in with my life? Is this something I need to reject? Is this something I need to think through a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, those kinds of things. Um, yeah. That's yeah. something that I would say is pretty important. Yeah, I mean, agreed. I mean, I guess the the thing that I wrote that I bolded is just like, just like actually let them affect you. So, mm. I, I don't know. I guess sometimes when like we're on guard or like, you know, trying to evaluate, it's fine. But like, I think sometimes we miss, you know, what the story or narrative might be trying to tell us. Whereas I think if we just like experience it and we let it affect us and like, and then afterwards it's like, huh, that really like got to me mm-hmm. or, or, or that really upset me that like yeah. this, whatever happened yeah. Uh, yeah. or the, the meaning of it was this. And then it's like, okay, now let's like, let's. Or you s- could even say that it's like, like you hated the narrative yeah. and it's like complete, it's complete junk, yeah, but yeah, at yeah, least yeah. you've progressed through it and. And yes. you have a, you have a reason for why you feel yes. the way you do. Well, that's where yeah, it's like experience it and then see why. Like and then after that, look back and say like, why did that have the effect that it had on me? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where, I, I really yeah, I really do think that that's like the best way to, like approach a narrative, because then I mean, like I said a little bit earlier, 
it allows you to be challenged by like an unfamiliar perspective or, you know, maybe even a perspective that you're opposed to or whatever. Um, Cause then what I think that does and what you were saying of, you know, essentially understanding where the author's coming from, I think that just builds empathy and compassion. Uh, Cause even for those we disagree with and, you know, maybe even perspectives or narratives that were like, no, this is not, you know, I don't think this is true or whatever. I guess to me, it, it still helps widen your perspective. So either you can understand, okay, I get how the author got there. Uh, or, you know, maybe I get how this group got there. Um, and it just, I, I think building empathy and compassion for other people and perspectives is never a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. doesn't mean, I think when some people hear that, they hear, you can't have, you can't believe what you want to believe or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, which wanting to believe something, you should look into why you want to believe. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I think some people get defensive on like interacting with other perspectives. Um, but I think it's only ever a good thing. Because mm-hmm. then we're not... Think, oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I think the large, a large part of why people get defensive about taking in other perspectives is because they have this idea of a passive... Um, a passive reader, a passive viewer, a passive you know audience. Sure. Where I think we're what we're coming from is that you you need to be actively engaged as you're mm-hmm. taking in these narratives. Yeah. Because yeah, certainly you can. I think we both agree that narratives have an effect on us. Yes, truly. Right. Maybe the deepest. Yeah, but you can also let it affect you as a passive reader or a pa- or an active yeah, reader. Yeah. Sure. What you were describing, and I think what we both have been describing, are ways to actively let narratives affect us. Mm, we are sure. actively engaging with narratives. But sure. there's also a passive side of things where it's like, all right, I'm just going to read this. Just consuming and not yeah, thinking about it. just to it. consume. And I yeah. think that's an absent-minded engagement with the text. And, yeah, if, if you want to take it to that, if you're talking about that and you're fearful of that, then, yeah, that's fine. But sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with the taking in of those narratives or perspectives, though. I think sure. what's wrong in that scenario is the way you're engaging with those perspectives sure. and narratives. Yeah, I agree. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I think that's spot on. And I think a part of it, too, is uh, a lot of, like, the defensiveness, at least what I experience, like, in the church especially, is with, like, children. Because, obviously, children are much more passive consumers of... Yeah, they uh, haven't learned how to actively... Yeah, exactly. So they're, like, unable... Uh, so that's where, like, maybe there is some, uh, well, I mean, you definitely shouldn't be letting them watch horrifically violent things or, you know, what, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they put, they give the ratings for a reason. Um, but I think if you do let them watch something that, and I don't, I mean, I think kids are smart or can, like, you know, like I watched, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, there was tons of things I watched as a kid where it's like, I didn't think that that's how the world worked. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Um, So, one, I think we can give kids a little bit more credit. But then also it's like, if the theme or the, you know, the message, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this might be actually harmful if, you know, you actually think it's a harmful perspective. Then it's like, I I guess you can still, like, talk to your children about, like, like, what did you think about this? And, like, look at, Think about it from this perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're te- you, at that point, you're teaching them how yes. to actively engage with the yes. text. I think that's a which they need to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I, I, I had instructors who taught me how to do that. Right. right. Um, but that's to, I mean, to your point about, you know, the, I mean, you brought this up in our Bible series, but reading in community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of yeah. touches on that. It's like, certainly don't read it alone, especially if you haven't learned how to actively engage, but learn how to actively engage from someone who has that knowledge yeah. or that skill set. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Well, great. I mean, I, mean, I don't, I don't have anything else to add to that. I think that was, yeah. I feel like that's really a good place good. to end I it. I like that. Great. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening and joining in on the conversation with us. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. And if you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. And that helps others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds or so and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd like to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way uh, and without giving away your information. Same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.